right. Finally. There was some there, there, there was some really scary technical issues. I thought we would have had to just scrap everything. Of course, we are back <laughs> on the A show with the Kings of Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am Justin here with Meals. What's up, bud? Bro, I'm completely snowed in. I'm so snowed in <laughs> that I can't I'm just refusing to leave the house for maybe I'll leave it tomorrow. I don't know. I don't so much snow. I haven't had this much snow in forever. It's still not the top 10 most snow, but 18 inches is a lot of goddamn snow. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is 67 degrees here. So, oh, Chill. wow. Okay. Yeah. Fuck you. Um, I wish, <laughs> I wish it was, <laughs> I wish it was fucking cold, bro. I, I'm tired of the heat, honestly. Uh, can't relate. I mean, I really can't. <laughs> I really can't. Um, <laughs> at all but uh let, let's uh let's get things rolling since yes. we know the you know of course we're on the stuff yeah we are we're on the road to wrestlemania of course i mean it's gonna be a little different this year but i mean it's still exciting in all companies of wrestling but we, we couldn't do it without having a special guest somebody who's never been on the show before he is someone who is i don't even know how to say it like you know when, when you see this guy's tweets you're just like, bro, I, he, he lives in a whole nother like community or wrestling Twitter, bro. It, it's very different. I, I'll say this. I appreciate, I appreciate him so much because he definitely calls out the bullshit when the Absolutely. bullshit is presented. And Absolutely. that's it. That's for the number of years that I followed him. That has just been kind of like, okay, I fucks with him. So <laughs> yeah, course, that's been the reason. We fuck with the truth on the A show, so of course we we gotta we gotta show love and we gotta have him on the show. And he is here on the show finally. Uh, welcome Seahawk to the show. What's going on, bud? Hey man, long time coming, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, yeah. One thing I one thing I, I noticed when you and Mills were, were talking, I was I was trying to fix everything. You said you were from Maryland. Yeah, yeah. Um, family's originally from Southern Maryland. Um, my mother's side, my father's side. Um, my mother joined the military uh, when they got remarried. Her and my stepfather uh, both met there in Maryland in the military. Like I was uh, born in the military hospital 20 minutes from where my people stay. Um, moved to, we moved to Wyoming for a couple of years when I was like eight, and that was horrible. And then moved to Texas when I was 11. Um, so I grew up in San Antonio, uh, ended up going to UT and just stayed in Austin. So I've been here since. Oh, three. I guess it's the longest places I've lived. So, yeah. Ooh, interesting. Austin. Interesting. San Antonio there, is a good wrestling town. like tech and stuff in Austin, all right? It's like, what? A lot of tech. Like, the tech is booming yeah, out there. Yeah, everybody moved out here, man. They decided to, you know, ruin the city. Um, <laughs> it, it's, like, I, I tell people, and I don't say it with pride, but, like, I remember in college, you go to the barbershop, and they're selling crack across the street, right? Yeah. And now... There's a Jamba Juice and a yoga studio and a subway and a stair cycle and you know all that kind of stuff, man. So it's it's a different world since um since like I finished college. But yeah, in the last five six years, I've watched like families like Mexican families on the east side that have lived there for four generations all of a sudden get offered seven hundred thousand dollars for their seventy five thousand dollar house, and now you know you got a parking lot and an apartment building there. Like it's yeah. you know. I would have never, expected, yeah, I would have never expected gentrification to happen in Austin, fucking Texas. But you know, you're not safe from it anywhere. They went to South by Southwest one too many times, man, and decided, <laughs> you know what, we can do it too. All right, uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna get right into No Holds Bar, and we're gonna get into more with Seahawk. Of 
course, we got to ask him questions. He's never been on the show before, so we got to we got to you know run through everything with him. But Mills, we got some winners this week. The the uh, the, the rumble pool happened in a much uh, at an astronomical rate that I was not prepared for last week. We had, absolutely, absolutely. We had to do some stuff. So we so. There's a there's a bunch of myriad of feelings. How do I feel about the Royal Rumble pool? So the Royal Rumble pool, obviously, we do it every year. Winners are guaranteed a spot on the A show. You get a guest spot. You can talk your shit. You can chop it up with us, and you know people will definitely listen to it. Um, but this year, we got so many submissions for the and and sorry if you hear in the background. There's obviously people shoveling and, and picking up snow, and you know New York is trying to do the best job that they can with getting cars out of places but um but yeah we got pretty much bombarded with a lot of entries for it and i felt legitimately bad because typically what we usually do is we pick the first 30 and it was like okay first 30 two will be selected because there's a men's rumble and a women's rumble and whatever number you pick i mean i there could technically be one winner if the same number wins for both rumbles but there's you have two opportunities to actually win this. I felt legitimately bad because I was just like, yo, there's about double the amount of entrance. And usually we cut it off at the first 30. So what we did is we did the lottery and we picked 30 out of the pretty much the 60 people that jumped into this. Um, I felt bad initially because I was just like, oh, this was not card subject to change. Not, not, not really. But, um, you know, it ended up working out right. We got two winners. Um, Got to give it up to, first of all, I want to make sure I get his Twitter name right. Um, The Web, The Underscore Web. Wow. Long-time listener. Long-time listener of the show. Long-time listener. Apparently senior researcher. Good for him. PhD. All right. Morehouse Yo, man. He's going to be the most accomplished person <laughs> academically. <laughs> Easily. Easily. Um, And then we have... Another winner, underscore Donnie Smooth, whose profile on Twitter just says Sushi Boy. So we're getting pretty much all <laughs> all types. But thank you for both of you guys entering. Thank you guys for listening to the show. And we look forward to having you guys on pretty soon, actually. So um, that was the results of the Rumble Pool. Shout out to the, um, the other two be, because of the whole you know lottery thing. Ended up giving away to the people who uh, who didn't get entries did a raffle for some uber eats stuff yep. so at least you can eat during the rumble you can um, eat during the snowstorm possibly that you're probably uh yeah yeah i mean you could eat during that as well so um shout out to those who won it i don't have the names but i'll shout you out at some point during the middle of the show um but yeah man that was it that was shout out to the royal rumble pool hopefully we can do some more interactive stuff like that again and look forward to having you know our people on the show this year yes uh, let's get into No Holds Barred, our new section of the A-Show. Now, Cam, you do a lot of things with PW Torch. Uh, so you're aware of a lot of fan base of the wrestling community and how they feel about certain things like uh, the Bullet Club reunion, right? Mm-hmm. So this week, Jay White, uh, who returned to New Japan this week after uh, maybe like a month. Was it like a month? It wasn't even a month. It was maybe like three weeks of being dis- of, of not being on the show. He returned at the road to New Beginning in Tokyo. And after uh, after cutting a promo, he said, this is the real Bullet Club right here. We're not a cheap ripoff trying to recreate the past to regain some relevance and doing corny reunions just so you can sell shitty T-shirts. Mm. 
Mm. Wow. Shout out to the NWO Black and Silver, but keep going. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, a lot of people had opinions about that. I've seen seen a couple people saying things about that promo. A lot of people agree with it because they don't really necessarily like the direction of the AEW Impact partnership that's been going over the past two months. Uh, But the, the Young Bucks Twitter account, I didn't realize they have their own combined Twitter account like the Bella Twins now. Mm. No, I didn't realize that either. But I, I mean, to be I mean, honest they, with you, <laughs> they blocked half of Twitter, so they blocked me. So I, it was funny when I saw it. I was like, "Oh, damn! They, they didn't. Did they unblock me?" I was like, "Oh no, it's a separate account." Uh, the the official account of the Young Bucks said the original Bullet Club T-shirt design hadn't been in the top sellers list for two years until the night we all decided to throw up too sweet again. You're welcome. Ooh, that's that's real beef right there. Uh, like, uh, I don't we're know. Arguing, I don't, maybe we're arguing semantics here. I I don't know if it's a big deal just in general, <laughs> but right. I I think, think that Jay White, you know, saying that of course to get over this character, but I think the Bucks might have taken it too serious, and at least that's how I'm reading it is that they're taking it too serious. I think Jay was in character there. I feel like you know the what they say though, when you start to bring up money, you really mad. Like that's yeah. what it is. Like. No, nah, but I got more money than you. It's like, no, but I'm talking about I'm talking about the art form and like the actual presentation of what we're doing. I think that um I'm one of those people who is like never super into the young bucks because I'm like, they don't look like they can fight and they don't wrestle like they can fight. But like over the last like year or so, I've really come to appreciate how athletic Matt is. Like I think he's actually like really good. Like you whether you can fight or not, you doing six Northern Light suplexes in a row. That's yeah. that's impressive. You know, those guys are definitely athletes. But I think, yeah, man, they get they get a little tight when you critique the art, when you critique the edge. Like they do get a little tight about it. And so, I mean, I feel like y'all are all getting money off them shirts. Like hot topic is sending a check everywhere. But yeah, them dudes can be a little sensitive, man. They are um they are not used to criticism um, because they developed such a rabid fan base that they got to tune a lot of that criticism out. But when things slow down and that stuff gets through, I do think they get a little tight, especially from their peers. Absolutely. And, and, you know, they're not immune to constructive criticism. I think there is, whether he's in character or not, there's a lot of truth to what he's saying because there's a lot of people that are saying the same thing. And I think that, you know, when, when you have such an elevated place like Jay White does, I mean, a lot of people love this guy uh, that gets signal boosted very highly um i'm interested in seeing where this goes i don't know where this goes from here i honestly think like bullet club is just it's tired but i mean there's a there's a fan for everything i guess i remember specifically going to nxt brooklyn a couple years ago and you couldn't tell there were more bullet club shirts than there were actually wwe shirts so there was definitely a time where everything was popping everything was moving i'm not sure how the, the money shakes down or breaks down from there if you're if you're you know how whatever member of the bullet club you're in and it's like, okay, do I get like residuals from this? Or is it like just an only people who are trademarked the name or something like that? But just a couple of years later, man, like honestly, yeah, the bullet club thing is tired. Everyone's kind of need a new name. I think everyone has established themselves on their, at their own right. Like just, I'm, I'm surprised this was still like a talking point in 2021. I don't even know. Like, eh, but it is, you know, it is what it is. I think the reunion, you know, as Jay White says, corny, but hey, you know, man, how much, how much is Finn getting broke off? Because that was his thing. Yeah. 
yeah, you you wonder that is AJ getting a, a little small check on the side, like, and and I think what's hard about it is like, you know, AJ financially is probably in the best position he's been in. Um, you know, he's kind of in that late two thousands or Chris Jericho position. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we can put you in a title match if we need to. If not, you'll take care of the other things that we need done. Um, you know, Finn has gotten some of his passion back being at NXT. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Y'all may know better than I do, but I don't know if his checks got any smaller being in NXT. So if you get to travel less and have better matches, like word to you, that's cool. But I think that it being a, a newer promotion, those guys having so much say in the direction that they go, you are inclined to, while you've been doing new things, you're inclined to go with what you're familiar with. What are we familiar with? Anderson and Gallows. You know, yeah. what are we familiar with? this pose, this conversation, this aesthetic. So I do, I do think that that's there. And of course there's money to be made because they're going to have those people who are always going to buy that merch. But um, yeah, I I think that not that they're in a rut at all because they're doing some interesting things on impact with them and Omega and these kind of tenuous alliances. But yeah, I do think sometimes you, when things aren't going at full speed, you are kind of like, okay, I know I can incorporate this and this will buy us some time until we work on the next thing. Yeah. All right. A little bit of a, a bummer news here, but I'm glad he's okay now. Uh, Rey Mysterio revealed in a recent interview that he and Dominic had COVID uh, in December and that's why they were off TV. I, I think I remember asking a couple times, but I don't think we ever put two and two together there. And I think we, it sucks that we have to, you know, when, when someone's out, we're, we're never going to the first, like, oh, God, they got the, they got COVID. And, and I think that's one thing with Ray. Like, we just didn't think that he had. But uh, he revealed the hand Dominic. They were out for quite some time due to COVID. And, you know, it's, it, it really sucks. Uh, they're, they're back now. Thank God Dominic was in the Royal Rumble. Uh, but, you know, again, it just shows there is a there is a consequence for what these companies are doing right now, regardless of how much entertainment it brings us. I mean, we're able to do this show every single week because of it. There is a consequence here. And we've seen this within the last month with Drew McIntyre, with Rey Mysterio, with Dominic. And it probably explains why Aaliyah isn't back as well. I'm going to keep it a stack. I really thought there was at some point it was Rey Mysterio's birthday. And he was like, oh, I'm not on, <laughs> I'm not on SmackDown this week. I was like, you know what? Fair. Because I wouldn't show up to work on my birthday either. Um <laughs> And then, and then a couple of weeks after that, I think it was like close to Thanksgiving. I was like, oh, you must be taking the holidays off. And then a couple of weeks later, it's like, well, Christmas is right there. Like it, if they don't need him, like why even bother showing up? So I had no idea he had COVID at all because I just assumed they were all taken off the holiday. It's like it's Rey Mysterio at the end of the day. Man, it's like 30 years in the business. I'm assuming at this point he can kind of call his shot and be like, yo, like, you know, I know I'm in this feud with Corbin, but like. Y'all going to be all right for like the next six weeks, right? Because me, <laughs> me and the family going, you know, this, that, and the third. So that's what I assumed. But to hear that it's COVID is like, oh, wow. Yeah, that that probably makes way more sense. Bro, what, are they doing? what is any company doing to, to stop that? Like, I mean, you see the NBA going through it, NFL going through it. Uh, MLB just went through it like this is this is something that's going to be a problem. And, you know, I, I hate to keep banging on this drum every single week, but like this shit is serious, y'all. But there, so, you know, there, there's like Dominic was definitely in somebody's line waiting on them Jubilee 11s, <laughs> um, you know, touched the like dapped up the wrong dude in the babe hoodie. Next thing you know, <laughs> he coughing at the house like that. That is one danger. And, you know, we saw with the rumble, you know, um, with, you know, Mia Yim and then possibly Keith Lee. Like I don't know if Keith Lee 
actually has anything, but contact tracing and just being in close vicinities, you know, it's it's great that Ray was able to get the family a check, but then you run into issues like this where, okay, I caught something, we're in the same house, at the very least we're traveling together everywhere, and then we're all out. Yeah, it's scary times, man. Like, uh, you know, one thing about being on Twitter, um, when you say, wow, WWE shouldn't be running live shows, people immediately respond, so you're okay with AEW like having live shows? I'm like, no, stupid. <laughs> Nobody should be having them. Like, think for a second. Um, but yeah, it's it's all oh, these people going to be at the Super Bowl. Like, and, and the issue is, what's the biggest issue? We pass these things off as if they are normal. Yeah. Um, we we watch the NFL talk about the precautions they're taking. Then they cut to a guy wearing his face mask like a chin strap. Like <laughs> it's uh, we have done this thing to normalize something that is just taking the lives of so many people each and every day and stuff like this happens. And it's to the point where like Rey Mysterio had COVID in December. If we knew Rey Mysterio had COVID in December, we'd be worried about Rey Mysterio's life. But they tell you a month later so that then you're like, oh, well, I guess it was OK. Then you think the next person is going to be OK. And the next person is going to be OK. Like it is it is a scary time that we live in where this thing that is life altering. We're just like, eh. yeah. And that that's why it was so shocking that Drew came out. And even when he got back, continued to say how serious of a uh, virus and a disease this is. And, you know, like even when Drew said, you know, I, I lost my sense of smell. I was like, motherfucker, you lost your sense of smell. <laughs> like, I'm not going back to work. You know what I mean? And, and you know, you know, kudos to them for, for you know, having a job and, and being able to, to, to do what they love. But again, like you said, this is very serious. And, you know, Ray, he's, he's not getting any younger. And he's falling into that, that, you know, that, uh, that age where, I mean, not even that, like Ric Flair is on the show too. You know, there's a lot of people that fall within that, that dangerous, severe age of if they were to catch COVID, it would be very serious. And, you know, again, no one should be running shows much, much less, uh, you know, WWE was just announced that they're going to have fans at WrestleMania this year. Fans, both nights. Think, you know, just think about that. Like, again, it's being, it's being normalized even before we even get the vaccine to everyone. And, and that's just really the main problem with everything. Absolutely. And it's kind of like being angled, sort of like, we got to get back to business. We got to restart the economy. We got to, you know, we, like, we can't be afraid of this entire thing. We have to, like, move forward and continue to push forward. And it's like, bro, it's not it's, it's not over yet. Like, it's still not over. And in and, and these situations, I don't think at any point, people are going to continue getting COVID until, unless there's a bubble in wrestling, which would never happen in my opinion. I mean, it might. I mean, who knows? But um, unless there's a bubble in wrestling or they just stop doing it altogether. The fact, just the mere fact you're traveling to somewhere else with people that you're not fully sure what they've been doing for the last, you know, 30 days or even 48 hours, something like that. It's just the situation is always going to come up. We're going to be going through mania and someone's going to be pulled off the mania card because they got COVID. Like it's, it's going to continue happening for the foreseeable future. And it's unfortunate. Um, but WWE has decided like, yo, pff, shit, we got Peacock content to fucking make, man. Like <laughs> we got documentary. Yeah. Like that's what they've decided. And, and it's not even just WWE. Cause you know, it, it's all companies moving forward. All companies who can at least sustain it. You know what I'm saying? Who can sustain having no fans and still having a show. 
um, or who have television deals or et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I was asking, um, you know, I was asking AJ Gray, like, you know, you're, you're doing these shows like during, during COVID, a lot of times they're closed. Like how jealous are you looking at Japan knowing that they kind of took the right precautions when they were supposed to, and they just got people at stuff. He was like, no, I definitely feel that. Like (laughs) it would be, it would be great (laughs) to have people around and to feel comfortable with it. And, And so, yeah, it's, um, you know, that, that devil may care attitude got us kind of here. And we have to worry about these things every single week, every single show, if somebody's going to pop up, you know, testing positive or not, and what that's going to adjust. And of course, we're worried about their safety more than anything else, but it also affects the TV. All of a sudden, they got to write stuff off or write new stuff in, or in the event of a big thing like the Royal Rumble, all of a sudden, you got a ring full of white dudes at the end of the match when you know that's probably not how it was drawn up, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and it affects situations like I haven't seen Murphy since. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. I don't I don't know if he uh if he's, you know, if he's been affected by this. I don't know where his kind of push kind of lies if they still like want to incorporate him in this entire thing. It's actually a big question. I should probably like look myself. But yeah, Murphy, I mean, you've been tweeting Oh, so tweeting? Yeah, he's definitely at home, but yeah, but not on the shows and you know, I like to chalk it up to SmackDown having too many at the top and too many in the middle right now. But Murphy absolutely needs to be on that show. So I'm hoping he's OK, too. Absolutely. Uh, let's get into Royal Rumble discussion. I thought it was a good show. I thought it was actually I, really good. I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> It's weird. I'm in a weird state of where, especially after watching a lot of past rumbles, and maybe it's that fact of that, like watching 2019 and watching 2017 and just being like, wow, this was amazing. And then watching this year and then being like, oh, Goldberg. Okay. I mean, (laughs) like, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of things that kind of went on with the show. Actually, Cam, I would like your thoughts on kind of like, uh, that opening contest because we've had, you know, Drew versus Goldberg a match that we actually took bets on terms of like how long it was going to actually last. I would, I'm, I'm just going to assume Ernest won. He's the one who won without going over, I guess. Um, the closest without going over. So I'm going to assume he won. but what were your thoughts on that match? Um, I think like when it first finished, I tweeted, um, it wasn't any good, but I didn't hate it. You know what I mean? Like, it was nothing's ever going to be as good as Brock Goldberg. Like mm-hmm. I, I always, I always call it the the shotguns in a closet match because right. there's no space between the guys, but they're hitting every single move they can because they know it's going to take just that one to get the job done. It was so fun, but you know that was like three, four years ago now. Like there was really some time between now and then. So you get older, you get rustier, you can't have that exact match with every guy because as big as Drew is, he's not thick in the middle like Brock is. And so mm-hmm. it just changes up a lot. But I do think that they did a good job of hiding Goldberg's weaknesses. I think you let him hit those spears. Um, I think that Drew being so athletic, um, you know, I was impressed by how Goldberg was selling those kicks. Like right. Goldberg selling a Claymore, I thought was good. Like, like again, it's nothing that you are going to revisit. It's nothing you're going to tell your friends they need to watch. But in the interest of protecting your legend and making it look really, really physical, and then even at the end, it's not like a love fest between them. Like, oh, Drew, you've earned my respect, or oh, Goldberg, you're one of the greats. It's like, hey, we went out there, we did our thing, we both got through it. Salute. 
Like I, I think for I, what it was, it absolutely worked. I'm still like shocked that this man he obviously he takes this 100 seriously, but to consume 16,000 calories per day to go and wrestle for three for two and a half minutes, um, I'm just like wow. You take this way more seriously than probably your peers would because I think anybody else would have like grabbed a t-shirt. I mean, even the shorts, the shorts didn't look that great. Maybe he's getting in like maybe that's the kind of like uh the 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 compromise that we get here is like he's not wrestling in t-shirts, but he's wrestling in like, you know, ball shorts or like whatever. They iron that patch on, absolutely. Like backstage <laughs> for the match. They cut it out, everything. Man, look like he's wearing some Fear of God Essentials shorts, man. Them <laughs> baggy as hell. I was like, oh, I got those joints. He, he, I feel like we're going to get a new story of, like, I wasn't supposed to be wearing those shorts. And then last minute, <laughs> my tights, like, stripped or whatever. <laughs> like, Yeah, it, it is, it, it's definitely weird to see him. Because, like, I, I feel like there's diminishing returns. And that's why he's being so crazy about it. Like, I don't, I don't work out. You, you two work out, clearly. Like, yeah. is it, like, can he sustain this? for very long if he keeps coming back and like keeps like going crazy then okay i'm gonna cycle off going crazy then cycling off your heart doesn't work like that like like in all seriousness like could he do it yeah he has the money and the means to find those foods but no your heart cannot take that like sixteen thousand calories a day like you you just have to do so much and at that advanced age you know, like the thing they don't tell you, I mean, that everybody knows, like, let's say Goldberg never did a steroid in his life. Like, let's just say that mm-hmm. we're still talking about 25, 30 years of heavy weightlifting. You know, like Vince McMahon shouldn't be able to walk doing deep <laughs> squats like that into his 70s. You know, um, no, no, no. It's, it's not sustainable. And, and credit to Goldberg for him to be that slim in his waist at this age is really impressive. Like, I, I mean that. Um, he, he's able to maintain like a facsimile of what he was before, but no, 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 this is not something you can just keep doing. Um, I, I'm, it's going to be really interesting when Braun looks like in 10 years, cause his physique is crazy to be that size. Um, but yeah, yeah the slimmer guys hold up a bit better. Uh, Triple H is somebody who's never consumed like liquor or drugs and doesn't smoke or anything so he has kind of a leg up to where his body's gonna hold up longer than it should but you know goldberg's a regular guy <laughs> like no 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 Even- this is uh not something that if he ever looks as good as he does again today i'll be shocked even like rick flair right like rick flair has like he was a he was a definitely strong guy back in his day, but he's not to like the level of Goldberg, like body guy like that. And then like even like in his fifties, I guess his body just kind of like turned to rubber and just kind of just started absorbing all of the blows or absorbing bumps, mm-hmm. or maybe he's just conditioned to it for a certain amount of time. Because um, anybody who falls out of plane breaks their back and can still kind of wrestle is just like wow, you're just he Ric Flair was living off of the living off the soul <laughs> of all the women. Yeah, <laughs> They say Ric Flair's apocalypse, man. Like he's just <laughs> always going to keep coming back, like in in different forms. But he's like the reverse apocalypse, to where like back then he looked like he was the year, you know, twenty ten with all that great cardio, and now he's like hieroglyph hieroglyphics apocalypse. You know, just kind of yeah. holding on. Um, yeah, yeah it is just like I think uh, there's a few guys like, and and I don't even know if he'll come up, but John Morrison is just the most impressive, like physique maybe that I've ever seen him wrestling. And the biggest part of it is like, he's kind of had that body 
with those crazy abs for like 15 years and still has it. He is the, the most fit jobber that is ever going to be produced. He is, he's a magician, but uh, no, 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 no. Goldberg. Um, a reason a lot, a lot of these guys last so long is because they would do things to adjust. Like Hulk Hogan for as big as he was, was never super chiseled uh, below his chest, but you can keep moving that belt up keep tanning and keep doing curls and Hulk Hogan was Hulk Hogan for as long as he could be till that bat gave out. Um, like Goldberg, Brock, um, you know, they are always going to kind of be big like that. But yeah, Goldberg, I was watching some 1997 Goldberg over the weekend and yeah, it, it's, you shouldn't still look like that, you know, 20 plus years later, but you know, the fact that he does look as good as he does, it is really impressive. Now we, we talk about Goldberg and Cam, I know that you've had a, a very long argument, or not even an argument, but discussion about this for the past month and a half. Especially, no, I feel with- like it's been arguments with people. I feel like <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> well, it, okay, maybe, but I, I don't know what Cam will call it. I, I'll call it disagreements. Okay, Let, let's just let's keep it. Let's keep it. Uh, let's keep it in the middle about part timers and people that are. Uh, older coming back to the biz, and some people not keeping that same energy. Now, on Royal Rumble. This year, you had two part-timers or two older talents coming back and really kind of, you know, starting it and, and bookending the show with Edge and, of course, Goldberg. Um, how do we feel about Edge winning the Royal Rumble as, as a whole? Like, and, and as, as well, as I mean, just away from Goldberg, you know, being a, a, an attraction. Of course, he lost. A lot of people were thinking he was going to win. I was like, how the, how the hell are you going <laughs> to how, how the, what story are they telling of Drew losing the Goldberg here? But how do you how do you guys feel about the, you know, Edge winning? A lot of people were upset about it. You know, you, you got Sting wrestling literally this week <laughs> on AEW. Like, what is the What is the the, the feeling of, of having a 47 year old win the Royal Rumble this year? So my thing with Edge was always you Edge is Edge is yeah in his in his late forties at this point right but Edge didn't retire because he was washed Edge retired because he was hurt um right I'm kind of okay with person returning from injury being put into a top tier position more so than guy who stepped away and was on the autograph circuit all of a sudden coming back in when they, you know, the last time they left, they weren't any good at that point either. Like mm-hmm. I, and and I love like when somebody's nice enough to let me on their platform and it's probably like their audience has had some experience with me talking about Sting because I'm always like, I don't hate Sting. Like I, I don't have any ill will towards that man. I don't think that he has any ill will towards anybody. My thing with Sting has always been this. You did your very best work in like 1995. Um, You got put into a more prominent position with this great character, but you sat around and got out of shape. Um, You did some pretty decent stuff in ring wise with the Wolfpack right at the end of WCW, but you were past your prime in 1999. Like you, you just were (laughs) and people loved your character, but you can't ask a, a crow sting fan, their favorite sting match. They don't have one, you know. <laughs> That's not what he was doing at the time. Like, even though I have one, I think Sting DDP, uh, U.S. Champion challenges World Champion, is a fantastic Monday Nitro match. You should go watch it. Uh, but no, like Sting, the character is what they loved, and so to see Sting, you know, even in TNA and then in WWE and then getting looks in AEW, I'm like, look, I'm not mad at the man for getting his money, but you should be if you like him. 
because he is there to get the check. He's not there to make you feel good. He's not there because he thinks you want to see him. He's not there to bust his ass for you. He's there to get paid. If that I works for you, fine. But, you know, like, like all due respect to Sting for getting that money, but, you know, you guys are lying to me about Sting, which is fine, but lying to yourself is wrong. I love um, this. I love this. Yeah. I love all of this. Listen, I'm not the huge, I'm not the biggest fan of Sting. We call him Stink over here in the A show. Uh, he calls him Stink. I really have nothing against <laughs> Steve Gordon. We call him Stink over here. Steve Stink Gordon. Um, but I have Stink the day he showed up in WWE, by the way. Listen, I remember this specifically. I, I don't I don't know how you could look at what Seth Rollins did to him. Listen, that's my favorite Sting match, by the way. Seth Rollins Sting. Um, see, honestly, this is where you, the disrespect comes from. Okay. <laughs> I don't see how you could look at what happened to that man running when he fell on his fell on his face, his neck turned into Pringles chips. How you could be excited for what's about to happen this Wednesday. Now I don't want to I don't want to touch too deeply into that, but I do like the point that you made about Edge is that he had to retire because he was hurt. I think with Edge, and we'll talk about this with, with, with Raw, there is a compelling story there with him coming back like Rocky and, you know, seeing if he can still hang with the, with the younger guys. I think they should absolutely, and, I, and they've started the story on Raw, like showing Edge can't hang like that anymore. He's, he's limping. He's hurt. Like, the story is, can he get one more match? And... That is what intrigued me about it. I, I've seen people say it was like a rerun or it's, it's a rehash. I'm like, this is markedly different than the last time he won the Royal Rumble. And I think that there's a better story to tell here. Almost low key could be better than the story they told last year with Orton with Edge coming back and having to deal with all these adversity uh, and all of this adversity going in. It's exactly what you're saying, though. It's not uh legend returns and can current star compete with the aura and the the will of the legend like it's not rock hogan where again hogan was infinitely past his prime rock was at the height of his powers and they go straight up you know it's yeah. not that it's it's and the, the the great thing about edge is even though he wasn't always written as it like edge is just really the ultimate underdog in Mm -hmm. that edge's peak was when john cena was there and edge was i think edge is still john cena's uh, best rival absolutely because edge was like i'm all the things that you're not i really do have to scratch and claw and manipulate the system to where it works for me and i hate you for that and so edge getting in drew's face i know we're going to get there but edge getting in drew's face like yo you're the champ there's a target on your back. Like, I love the idea that the story is literally, does Edge still have it? Not, can these new people compete with the past generation? I love right. it. I love it. It's Edge, if nothing else, they've always made Edge human, for better or for worse. And, you know, I think that he has, you know, those eyes being so deep in his head, man. Um, <laughs> Edge just has that look about him like, if this is, and it's not even a knock to my man, but if this is my last day. <laughs> I am going to go down fighting. I, I love it. He's Edge has always been, um, since he's been a heel, Edge is very much about desperation and survival right. and will do what he has to do to make that happen. And it comes across in the things that he says. Now, the, the in-ring stuff got to get better between now mm-hmm. and then. Um, yeah. He has to, you know, kind of make up for that because whatever Edge lacked in technical prowess 15 years ago, the intensity was there. The way he pulled that hair back and stare was there. 
um, the speed which with, with which he could move was there. So that stuff got to come back. But yeah, I'll, it's better than the bullshit they try to tell with Undertaker being the last outlaw and does he still have it? That motherfucker was still had smoke and mirrors and bats coming out and rise from your grave like altered beasts. Like that was all still there. Edge is just edge. Like I, I do like that. Right. And I think, you know, the, I, I love the story of edge winning the Royal rumble and I, and I get the story and I get like, okay, you know, his last match before the world championship, trying to regain that sort of former glory and all the other stuff that you can kind of tell as a veteran, as someone who has completely been outside and trying to work their way back in. My concern is the health of Edge. My concern has always been the health of Edge. And I love Edge. He's still one of my favorite wrestlers, period, because he just attacks it from a different angle. He attacks wrestling and his persona. And I think there's a little bit of an artistic side within him that kind of like fully appreciates the art of pro wrestling as opposed to just, you know, the business of it. Um but I do think overall his main problem has always been staying healthy. And you can even see like in this like second match back, he gets hurt, which was kind of a, yeah, it's a telling thing of his career, right? Because how many times like you look at, you know, Undertaker was on whatever show talking about all his injuries. Like you look at Edge and like he's torn everything, everything possible. So how do you get to, and, and then he's on Raw having like 25 minute matches, which is like, it's cool. I get it. I don't think it was necessary. I don't even think it's to the point where you even want to put him in that position where he's having matches frequently on, on, on regular television shows because he's just he's just at any point it could because of that intensity, because of all that stuff, and anything could snap, anything could break, anything could tear. And the last thing he wants is like to go into WrestleMania hurt because he will still want to go into WrestleMania. He will you know, torn tricep, he's just re, you know, returning from that, a bunch of different things. That's always been my concern with Edge. And it's amazing that, you know, he hasn't wrestled actively for the last decade and he was still managed to go a full 60 minutes in the Royal Rumble. I think that's impressive. But just, I'm so, he's just so, I don't want to say brittle, but it kind of, when you, when you you look at, because it, 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 uh, it can feel demeaning. I don't, the last thing I want to do is like, you know, insult him. But at the end of the day, it's like, don't worry, he can't. He can't hear this. He will. He, he hears everything. He hear. He heard our uh, our WrestleMania review of this match. <laughs> like, he heard everything. Um, but he's he's just so injury prone in these type of moments, and I can't imagine him continuing to move forward at like having matches on Raw and continuing to be a presence on the show, and it's still working somehow. So yeah, it's a. It's, yeah, you know that's my only concern with this. I, I think we'll get to the story, and it's also sidebar his hair. I was like, man, you need healthy, like throw something in it, something you need. John Michaels, John Michaels <laughs> oil or protein, something like it's thin bad. Um, well, who do we think? Okay, right, real quick before we go to break, uh, who do we think Edge is picking? He doesn't pick on Raw, but who do we think he's gonna pick? Roman. I say Roman. Yeah, I say Roman. Um, I think that Roman, Roman telling them you ain't got it no more is bigger than Drew right. saying it. 
Um, I think that Edge, like you want your Royal Rumble winner to go into, and at least on, on with the men, you want your Royal Rumble winner um, going into it with a heel because it feels like they're accomplishing something and you're not diminishing what, what Drew's doing on his side. Um, I think that Roman at this point is, he's so made. <laughs> and like, it's been what, six months? Yeah. He's so made. Title, no title, Roman is that guy. Um, and they ain't even got to keep the thing on edge for very long, but you can get that moment that people want to see. Um, and I just think that you can do things with Roman that don't involve matches. You got the Usos sitting back there, um, edge having different people to interact with on SmackDown. Yeah. I think, I think Roman is the money match. I agree. I absolutely agree. I, 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 for all those reasons, but also because like edge is very story based and he know if he knows he can't go in the ring, like, like a Seth Rollins or something right now, he would do really well with Roman cutting those five minute promos in the ring, talking about his kids and his wife and paying his rent and shit like that. Like, I think that that is the the, the way to go, especially if you if you're able to still have his rent. You don't got no damn rent. <laughs> hey, hey, I don't know how how, how Edge living. <laughs> you see what he did to, to KO. I'm mad about that too. I'm mad about. It. I'm, I'm not really fucking with Roman right now. I'm it's not a, mad about that. Uh, the so let's just let's just like we can talk about the rest of the Royal Rumble event as well, and but definitely that Roman versus KO match because it was something where this was, I mean, this was absolutely the last chance for Kevin Owens by far. There was I don't no, believe I don't believe nothing he' about to do <laughs> after the loss. I, he he could probably get beat by a Grand Metal League, and I'd be like, yeah, that that makes sense. Listen, it's a, the the way Kevin Owens. I mean. I think everyone saw it coming because obviously the plan is like Roman for mania, but, and then like the best time we've, we've talked about it so many times, the best time was probably like a month ago. If they want to drop the belt, do a quick switch and give it right back to him. But to me, I agree with a lot of it in that like, damn, we really like kind of like hold out Kevin Owens like four times in a row. <laughs> like, and the crazy thing is like his character can absolutely take it. But, like, why do we want to continue kind of doing that when we're continuing this process of, like, creating an atmosphere, especially on SmackDown, where the main event scene isn't truly a scene. It is Roman and kind of, like, whoever. Yeah. Yeah. It's Roman and, like, at some point, the scene, the main event scene was Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. So it was definitely, (laughs) like, it's, it's definitely, like, there's a problem on top on SmackDown for all the good things that are going on on SmackDown, which is a really great and breezy show to kind of watch. There's definitely a problem on top in terms of like not establishing a scene or contenders or people to come after Roman eventually like WrestleMania is going to finish. And then where do you have from there? And just kind of, you know, throwing Kevin Owens to the wolves. It was an entertaining match. It was a great match. Um, I didn't like the finish, but Hey, it's because they, bot- they botched the finish. That's why the, the finish was a, was a, was was it was tough to watch. Paul yeah. Heyman, what are you doing? Yeah, I don't know if they're going um, if they're going to do more uh, now that the Royal Rumble's over and you have stuff to get into in the summer. But to me, it made sense to have Nakamura yes. come out when Adam Pearce said subject change, just based on what they built like the couple weeks before. Um, you know, I, I think that Kevin Owens the, the thing about him is like you said they hold him four times but they literally hold him four times <laughs> like they came up with 
random wonky finishes or interference or things as to why he lost. And so, you know, he's, uh, I remember somebody, my man, my big homie, the wrestling otaku was like, had a 30 second YouTube video. He was like, Kevin, for yourself, for your career, for your family, you need to go to AEW. Nigga, for what? You mean to tell me four straight uh, main events with Roman Reigns is like, that's the sign you need to jump ship? Like, that's the new creative direction for you? That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Um, if, if for no other reason, then like, you're, you're in the main event. Are you winning it? No. Have you won it before? Yes. Do you get to say you're a guy who challenged Roman Reigns and defended against Goldberg and competed with Rollins and was one of the most decorated NXT champs, like, and headbutted Vince McMahon and got a payday with Shane McMahon? Like, so many good things have happened to him that when the bad things happen, sometimes we tend to forget them. And then the bad things ain't really, really, really bad, you know? Um uh, but by, with all that said, I still think that's a spot where your story allows you to throw a Nakamura in there and maybe save KO a loss. But he's going to be good going forward. For sure. Yeah, he is. Uh, I, I want to talk about Bianca Belair. I know we're all happy. We could talk. We could talk a whole hour about her. But uh, who do you think? Who, who? Where do we think this is going? There, there's reports, and I know you know you use this. You, you consider these with a with a pinch of salt, grain of salt, really, rather. They're saying that they don't know what they want to do with her. And I think that they absolutely know what they want to do with her at WrestleMania. But what do we think, you know, where do we think the direction is going to be? It's got to be Sasha at this point. I mean, so just because I don't see them, the swerve would be to go with Asuka. But I don't even think that's beneficial to anybody at this point. I don't think uh, Bianca either beating Oscar or them having a competitive match kind of out of nowhere and having to kind of build a feud kind of out of bare bones is uh, is good. They can do it, but I don't think it will be good, especially with a lot of things appearing on Raw. Um, yeah. Keep her off Raw, please. <laughs> I think you, you go for the Bianca versus Sasha. I mean, this is a, this is an opportunity to have two women of color in the you know rightfully in a main event slot at WrestleMania, and it's a once in a lifetime thing. And I think you do it for the moment, and I think you do it for the history, and I think you do it for the future more so than anything. Um, just so people can at least see, like, yo, we're making these you know progression moving forward, all these other things, and we're putting these people in in, in great positions and roles. Um, also, I think it would be a much better match. <laughs> Sasha, Sasha versus Bianca. Sasha has done really well with everything that she's... I mean, storylines, mm, uh, matches, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think she's done really, really well in terms of these matches, and it'll be great. Yeah, all due respect to, to Carmella, do Sasha a favor and put her in there with an athlete. You know what I mean? Like, and, and even as somebody who's a big fan of Bailey, I don't, I think that whatever Bailey doesn't have an athleticism, she makes up for it in, in every other way. Like, mm-hmm. so those matches are still really good and physical, but you no, know, put Sasha in there with somebody who can throw Sasha around a little bit, like who can make her work and not that she doesn't work hard, but we just don't get that a lot. Like, I, I think that Charlotte's really athletic, um, but you know, they've done that a million times, like put Sasha in there with somebody who's going to push her to maybe do some different things. Um, I think the, the biggest thing about it is 
you want Bianca, just like with Bailey, to be able to talk and somebody to talk back to her and tell her why it's not her time. Um, and I think you can get that out of Sasha without necessarily turning her because even though Sasha's a face, Sasha ain't never no damn face. Right. Sasha is in the Sasha business and that's why she's so appealing. <laughs> so yeah, I think that you get those two in there and they're um, the obvious parallels of two super athletic, super attractive, wildly popular black women going at it for the title. You know, um, Sasha being the standard bearer for women's wrestling, at the very least, you know, North American <laughs> women's wrestling for the last five, six, seven years. And then Bianca being, and, and again, not, not that Sasha's outdated at all, but Bianca being that new prototype that Sasha birthed, like that, like, you know, the the Biancas, the Embers, the Reyes, like these big, strong athletes, like who really get at it, like in the weight room and on the track. Um, all of a sudden being this new crop of talent and, and how does Sasha compare to that? How does Sasha react to that? Like, I think that's the match. And then, like you said, Raw is shenanigans more often than it needs to be. <laughs> um, SmackDown plays it simple, but Raw, they just want to be crazy, man. And, and really, they've maybe by necessity, but they have made Oscar look really silly. Um, where Whether it's her, she shouldn't be the first one to be scared of Alexa Bliss. That should have happened with eight people before Oscar. Right. And then Oscar has to adjust to it. Like you don't do that to your champion. You got her playing hot potato with the tag titles while Ric Flair is trying to smash a facsimile of his daughter. Like it's a mess. And, and yeah, you don't want your Royal Rumble winner all of a sudden thrown into that mix. I think the Sasha thing is way more one-on-one and straightforward. Uh, okay. Real quick for a break. Uh, what, what Stan army is going to be worse during Sasha Bianca? Um, there are too many, too many bored grown men in Sasha's. They're going to be horrible. <laughs> they are going to be, you know, I don't know if y'all like the, one of the worst things about Twitter is like, you start to get some engagement on a tweet. You start to get followers. Like, you know, you're like, man, I capitalize off this a little bit. Maybe there's somebody in my area. So you see the Abby from a distance. You're like, oh, she looked kind of good. Click on it. Dude named Gregory, Sasha Abbey. Wow. I'm just like, come on. And his name, his name is crew member. His name is crew member 5546 or some shit like that. Exactly, man. So no, it's going to be, the Sasha stands are going to be way worse because they've been performing their evil on the internet for so long. They don't know how to take their foot off the gas. Mm. Bianca, I'm praying for you. <laughs> oh boy. I'm hoping, I no, pray- I'm, ju- I'm just hoping all bases, all stand bases. It was like, listen, we understand what this is. But I no, but what knows gonna happen, and I and I and I and when it happens, I want everyone to come back here on the show, and we're gonna talk about it. Someone's gonna say, "Is Bianca even really black?" And then that's gonna start the war off. Oh my god! That's no, 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 no. Even worse. Here's what's gonna happen because the world's gonna eat itself when somebody says Bianca's ratchet. Oh, that's what's gonna happen. Yeah. And then we're gonna have those flashbacks to NXT, and the world is gonna swallow itself because, oh boy, uh, a majority white male fan base having to choose between two black women Ooh. and feeling like they have to look for things to pick apart between the two of them it's gonna get nasty i might pull up on the capital vince, <laughs> vince <laughs> i'm weak vince uh sees dollar signs right now just from that description uh when we get back we're gonna quickly run through raw and uh what a show that was it won't take us that long so we'll be right back <laughs> on the a show Whoa, 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 relax, relax, relax. I know who you are. 
But the only reason that I came here is because a good friend wanted to be on Misty B. Oh. It's like Bad Bunny had something up his sleeve with a form of Damian Priest and his written and fire of the NXT superstar Damian. Damian Priest. Shout his first Maybe. appearance on Raw being like, my Puerto Rican friend. <laughs> <laughs> like there was so much like I, i'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing but like there was so much other stuff that went into the Damian priest character in nxt and then it's like my friend and he's like here he is he's also latin he's also puerto rican and he's my guy and i was just like you know what fair why not <laughs> of course we are back on the a show we're here with seahawk of course and mills talking about monday night raw obviously smackdown was a go-home show so uh, we talked about a lot of things that happened on that on the Royal Rumble. You can definitely check that out before the break. But we're talking about Raw, and let's let's start off with the with the big the big news here. I mean, Bad Bunny appeared at Royal Rumble, had a really cool thing happen at Royal Rumble. Uh, splashed off the top rope. That that motherfucker's crazy. I don't know if any of you have gotten on to, on the top rope of any of, of any wrestling ring. It's really fucking high. I, I well, maybe it's just me. I'm scared of heights. No, we. I have not had that pleasure. Unlike you, who have been to several WWE 2K events, and you know, that shit other, ain't fun. Other I stuff. stayed away from the top rope. I stayed away from the top rope. I'm no, not I've doing. Never it. Been on the top I'm D Malenko to the bullshit. I want to stay right there on that mat, baby. <laughs> exactly. I'm not jumping on that. So Bad Bunny's definitely. He must have been on some some type of drug, uh, mind altering drug. But of course, he showed up on Royal Rumble and on Raw, and. He introduced and, and helped debut Damian Priest. Now, there's been a lot of conversation about whether this is the a good thing or whether, you know, people should be should be afraid or worried. I mean, I think that this wasn't a bad thing for Damian. I mean, it's a lot better than the way that they debut a lot of these guys. Um, I, I just don't want it to become like a kiss, kiss demon thing. I want him to actually have his own uh, his own character. But I mean, they let him go off for the past two, uh, for those those two nights where he was on the Royal Rumble had a really great showing and on Raw where he beat The Miz. Uh, I thought he did really well. I'm, I'm really excited for the prospects of, of Damian Priest, who I thought and we thought were going to debut uh, on SmackDown a couple of weeks ago. He seems like SmackDown-y. <laughs> like- <laughs> his, his, white, his white cousin, Baron Corbin's on that show, so I, I think they had to... <laughs> they had to- yeah. <laughs> I was just like... Hmm. No, I'm with you, though. Like You do get worried about uh, stuff like Dale Torborg. Um, the kiss demon stuff, but I think that I prefer this to what happens so often, where your big celebrity meets one of your biggest stars, and they're supposed to be cool because they're both at the top of what they do. Like uh, I was, I was telling Wade Keller, like Wade, I'm not sure if you know the extent to which people are attracted to Damian Priest. Yeah, like if you check your timeline when he's on, women go insane for that man. You know what I mean? And um. He has an unconventional look, you know. He's he's a he's a damn near seven foot Puerto Rican guy. Like th- those don't exist. Um, <laughs> and so you know, you add in that tattoos, the voice, the gear, like you understand what the attraction is. Bad Bunny, um, attractive to women in an unconventional way. So I think there's a bond over that. You got, and I tell you, tell you what, I mean, you know, you in New York, I'm in Texas, um who the Latin women like is typically who you want to support. 
Like it's just going to work out for everybody. That's where the money's going to be. That's where the attention's going to be. Um, you're going to see some dancing you like. You just kind of rock with that. So I'm not saying that this was Vince's idea. Whoever pitched it in the back needs some money. Absolutely. Like this is this is money. About to, to say that. <laughs> yeah, because uh, he don't know what's going on. Like, because remember the whole thing with Gail Kim when somebody had to sh- Jr. had to show him the Asian porn. I don't know what they showed Vince. Like, um, <laughs> I don't know. Gave him a a sex next link. It's possible, but. Um, I, I think it's a good matchup. And I don't think that Damian Priest is he's done so much good work on his own without having a co-signer yeah. that I think if Bad Bunny doesn't show up again, he's still going to be in a good position. Yeah, I I mean, just think of the matchups he has already on Raw. Obviously, you think of the Miz, who it seems like he's going to be paired with for the foreseeable future. Uh, Bobby Lashley is something that we could see other than, you know, you got Drew, Drew McIntyre. We also have Keith Lee, who is on raw as well. And they've had bangers on NXT before. There's a lot of, there are a lot of ways that he can go. Raw is looking like, again, a show full of big men because LeBron is also on raw as well. So there could be a lot of, a lot of passage passages for Damian priest to be successful. I honestly do think the upside for him is very high, especially because WWE does attract the Hispanic Latin community. Uh, that's some of their biggest audience. I think that there is obviously a place there for him if they decide to push him the right way. Absolutely. And once again, just a raise to whoever put the deal together with Bad Bunny. Because quite honestly, that's the most current mainstream thing that WWE has landed on when it was we didn't get like Bad Bunny like, you know, ten years from now. It's like you know, like Latin Grammy award winning, but he like won his Grammy in like two thousand and two or something. Like they got him at the peak of his powers, kind of everything's rolling, everything's smoking. They know he's a great wrestling fan. He came both days which I just expected Rumble. So the fact that he showed up for Monday Night Raw too, I was just like, wow. And, you know, he wants to be involved. And I think that's amazing. And uh, to anyone who is, a, you know, who thinks otherwise, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> I feel sorry <laughs> for you. Um, let's go back down through Raw. Um, I thought it was okay. Show Mills, you were a little bit more sour on it. Cam, how'd you feel about uh, Raw this week? Um, it's a misses. Like I like the edge stuff. I, I don't like that. Seamus has been Drew's boy week in and week out, gave him the motivation to win the title back. Um, no real signs of dissension. Then all of a sudden kicks his head off. Yeah. Because edge said it was going to happen. Like you build to that. Like you don't have to throw that out there that fast. Um, the Alexa stuff, we had a kid call, uh, the torch show last night, this kid Kyle and just loves everything that Alexa is doing and thinks is the coolest thing. I was like, Kyle, that's cool, but I think it's so fucking stupid and uneven. <laughs> um and and granted, like clearly that's what they need for somebody to love it. I think Alexa is working really hard at what they ask her to do. Like she's dialed in, but I I, I you have to suspend disbelief so many times in one segment. Um and there's no real parameters on what she does. Like, I don't know. I think that it's clearly playing up to a fiend Randy thing, but hopefully they get through with that. Um, I, I don't like Oscar being made the fool while Charlotte deals with this stuff with, with Rick and Lacey. So there's that. Um, I'm, I'm absolutely loving John Morrison though. As somebody who always thought he was the biggest cornball, he's working so hard. He looks- like he's working so hard to make this thing work. He, he like he's loves- throwing in Spanish like that, that's from great. Uh, that's from his lucha underground days i was like oh yeah he definitely knows all about that Dark yeah you know and all that and then 
I don't what I but I don't know is what what is going on with Matt Riddle though. Like, listen, you hype you have Matt Riddle beat everybody in the Hurt business, yeah. and then last a half hour in the Rumble, and then Lashley was like, "Nah, we done with that." Mm. Th- that is my biggest sticking point on the run sheet this week is the Hurt business. We are in week fifty eight. 67 of them breaking up and having problems but booking would not let you know that because they win every single match that they have i think that there's something to be said to have a dominant faction i have no problem with a dominant faction that's actually dope they don't have many of those within this company however when you push a dissension angle and nothing comes of it it starts to look like what we wanted from Seamus but like the other way strangely strangely enough where it's like okay Seamus was too fast this is taking too long um I felt that, and you know, feelings on Riddle outside the ring aside, they are pushing this guy. He was eliminated after Lashley was. He was in the last, what, eight competitors on Sunday night? Looked great. Had, you know, uh, had bouts with with Seth Rollins and Brian within that same thing. And then you have him lose within three minutes. The one thing we haven't touched on is that the match ended and it, was, it should have been a DQ for Lashley, but it, they counted it as a win. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. He choked that man out, <laughs> hanging over the rope, and then proceeded to just beat him down. Yeah, like I, I don't. It's got to be. I mean, it feels like a vote of no confidence that you developed for a guy overnight. Like I don't know. Did that court summons come in? Because it's possible. Well, he just like right, fight fight for. <laughs> I think just just announced that uh, he resigned. I think this is literally ten minutes ago as we were doing the show. They they announced that he resigned a deal through twenty twenty three. So it's definitely not them not having any confidence in him because he just resigned. It it seems to be there are two there are two. It looks like there's two schools of thought here on Riddle and Lashley. There might be one side that wants Lashley to look as strong as possible, but not give him the fucking belt for some strange reason. And then there's another side of people that want Riddle to be pushed, but know that he has issues outside the ring and knows what that would look like. And it's like, you don't want Lashley to look stupid, but you don't want Riddle to look weird. So he, he Riddle ends up beating up guys or looking good against guys that Lashley never even gets to face. It's very weird. Yeah. I, th- I just think overall, the storytelling on Monday Night Raw is the weirdest part of the show. And I think when you look at, when you piece apart kind of every segment that we're kind of running through, it's all, it's kind of been the story that like doesn't make sense. And I think it's mainly because WWE stories, I mean, typical stories, you do storytelling, you kind of have a conclusion, you have a resolution, you have this point where it peaks, you have this point where you don't. But um, when you're writing like weekly TV, you're just like, no, nah, let's see what happens this week. Let's do this this week and let's do this this week. And you continue to do that thing. Like, I think, you know, beyond the the Hurt Business stuff, once again, like we're talking about it every week is the similar thing. But when you typically write out the story, I'm assuming the target is WrestleMania or the night yeah. after WrestleMania. But like, at least plan it out accordingly. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's not do this thing every week, even the Alexa Bliss thing, right? Like, I think the great thing for that character would be that, it manages, she's completely involved and it doesn't look like, if, if I had to pick, I don't think The Fiend is returning until WrestleMania. But yeah, um, you at least have it's weird some... Seen, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, but like, it's weird how they've shown restraint on bringing The Fiend back. More restraint than they had with Sasha, who was legitimately injured. Right. And like, like had her neck broken and she was back two weeks later. Like, they've shown so much restraint on The Fiend, and I get that they probably did that because they were overexposing him. I think that was the main issue. But it's like, it's like you I, said, like, the, the stop and start is so weird. Yeah, I, no, I think it's because they 
couple weeks ago, I wish they put as much effort they did in this Randy Fiend storyline as they do, even like half the effort as they do in other storylines, because they don't really tell a similar story. Like they, they, they kind of, um, they, they can do things like have them off TV and it would be meaningful, but you have all these like things that like hint every week he might be coming. You have Alexa Bliss spin out, you know, black shit on top, <laughs> on top of the rope to end raw. And you continue to have that story, but you don't tell those other people. <laughs> Like you, 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 uh, you kind of leave them out to dry and you kind of, you know, the, the, like, look, look at the, let's, let's take a thing for the, the Lana and Naomi thing. Like, so Lana returns to like no fanfare, by the way, she returns in a rumble and it's just no fanfare. She returns. She's been getting like axed for weeks. She got her leg broken before a tag team title match. She shows back to no thing and just shows up randomly and wins a tag team title shot with a completely different partner. And we're just supposed to be like, yay. But it's like, that doesn't, why? <laughs> like, why should I care? Like, she doesn't even look like she cares that much. Like, and, and the Drew and Sheamus thing, like the only thing that I had issue with it is like that it happened so soon. Like, and they could have took some time to like actually like flesh out that story a little bit. But I don't know if they're going a different direction with Drew from Mania so they're like, let's get this Seamus thing out the way. I don't know. What is Drew's direction? It's not Lashley, right? Like, it, it can't be. <laughs> yeah, Seamus is like Elimination Chamber, you figure, right? Yeah. Like, that's that's there. Um, I mean, it could be Drew. I, I, I had Lashley winning the Rumble, um, not really considering Edge until, you know, kind of the end of it. But I had Lashley winning because I thought you've had him beat up everybody for the last year. Like, he's been the man. Nobody can even sniff the U.S. title. So I was like, by hook or by crook, on the Rumble, maybe they get the U.S. belt off of him. Right. But then he wins the Rumble. Yeah, because the week they had the Riddle match. And I was so sure on that Raw a week ago, I was like, oh, they're going to go all in with with Bobby. Give Riddle the title because the U.S. title, let's be honest, it's an albatross. If you have it, you're not going anywhere. So what's wrong with Riddle having it, right? Like, they obviously don't want Riddle to have a, a main title right now. Just give that to him. He can just face whoever the fuck. But then they have Bobby get eliminated. It's it's super it's super strange. I mean, to go back to the Hurt business, they had a tag match against Lucha House Party, which was way too fucking long for considering how dominant they are as a, as as a, as a squad. They do the Cedric the Cedric and uh, Shelton thing, and kind then they're of. cool at the end. I mean, they're gonna do the same thing next week. So. It, it makes it makes no sense. They're gonna do the same thing next week. <laughs> it's it, it, and people had their issues with you know Heyman his booking. But at least things built to things on TV, at least, you know, like the, their, their pay-per-views, their matches on pay-per-view were, were at least very good to passable. But the TV, they always had a pay-per-view caliber match. They didn't do what they did this week or he didn't do what they did this week with the Riddle Bobby stuff or even the tag team title match or even that triple threat match, which which was like, again, WWE booking one on one, which is the distraction made sure like Charlotte dead ass <laughs> tagged out. And we got to follow up. <laughs> like what? <laughs> You got it. <laughs> like, bitch, you was undefeated and, and, for like two years. I, you got I'm this. Assuming they're building dissension between Oscar because at some point before the match, Oscar was like, "Yo, yo, all I know is I'm doing good. You better get it together." Because that lady, which she specifically says, <laughs> that lady that keeps coming out during this match, Oscar could not remember her lines in that promo, and I was like, "Please stop giving her these <laughs> dumbass promos to remember." 
I like just Japanese, yo. I liked it better that way. Like you, you had more like intensity and in, in heart when you did that. Like I like when they allowed her to speak in her native language. I thought it was a, a really novel way to to present her. Now I'm 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 hoping for heal Asuka again because I just I, I don't think the face thing's working for her anymore. She doesn't. She doesn't. She, she's either, just man, looking a little. Yeah, they she's looking silly to to say the least. Definitely take advantage of face Asuka. Hence my make it make sense moment a, a couple years ago. Um, so quickly, um, we don't know where Drew's going for Mania. I think that's up in the air. Could it be Keith Lee? Uh, you guys think? I feel like they finally have to turn him um, because they had them go face face right before the Goldberg thing. Really, really good match. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Does Keith Lee come back with a goatee and a mustache <laughs> to signify that he's a heel? Um, I mean, aesthetically, I think that's the best match on Raw. He's done the AJ thing. The Sheamus thing doesn't feel big time. Um, you know, Ali's not there yet. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that that's as, as good a thing as any. Um, with with Lashley being right there in the wings as well. I, well, I I honestly think this might be uh, this might be Galaxy Brain Priest and Lashley, and Priest does get the I, US I, title. I, I honestly can't tell with the US title. <laughs> He's the new. <laughs> yeah, Lashley is being everybody. Lashley has hooked on that full Nelson and just decided I'm beating everyone. So I can't really tell anymore. It's it's going to be weird when he loses it because he's won so much. And you know it's going to be like a one and done type of thing. But the thing that's weird about that is that like usually you'd build like a Brock or somebody or a Roman to make a guy. But it's weird that like, I'm like, so you beat Lashley, who is the mid-cards guy. Are you the mid-cards guy now? Like, I, I don't know, like <laughs> the, the levels of what you do, because when Bobby loses that title, I don't know what he does. Like he does, he, he, I mean, Drew's already beaten him, and then they stop. They literally stop interacting after that. And then you don't want him to beat Riddle, or you don't want Riddle to beat him. You don't want you know anyone else to beat him. I would. What, what if they had uh, Cedric Alexander do it? Oh, he already beat him too. Did he beat all? Yep. He beat up all his homeboys. He beat all three of them except Ashley in that same night. Yep. Oh my god, that's that's bad. Uh, so we're we thinking Oscar Charlotte for WrestleMania too. I think so. I think I think it's I think it's Oscar getting her win back from Mania a few years back. I, I do see that being the match, though. I'm I'm worried about that, Cam. I'm going to tell you that I'm I I never bet against Charlotte when it comes to shows like this, man. I I'm concerned. That, like that is who Vince McMahon. He that's his familiar spot. If anything, you want to be Vince McMahon's familiar spot. But yeah, when all else fails, put the belt on Charlotte. That is how it goes. <sighs> Very concerned. But one thing I am not concerned with is the fact that uh, we had a great show today and everyone's going to love it. So thank you, Cam, for being on the show. Is there anything that you want to plug on the way out? Uh, gosh, uh, let's see. Every uh, Wednesday at 630 Eastern, 530 Central, Travis Bryant, myself and Rich Fan host the Pro Wrestling Torch East Coast cast taking your calls, voicemails, and emails about the week in wrestling. Um, Go 6.30 Eastern right up until the start of NXT and Impact. I'm sorry, NXT and Dynamite. Same show. Same show, show, Cam. This is the same show. Well, shit. Um, Yeah, that's going to be, um, let's see, every Wednesday at eastcoastcast.com. Um, outside of that, uh, most recently on the South Congress podcast, as far as wrestling-related stuff, um, did an interview last Friday with, or last Thursday with AJ Gray, 
um, independent wrestler. I was wrestling two shows for GCW's Fight Forever event. They had a 24-hour live stream, uh, both YouTube and Fight TV, showcasing a lot of the best talents in independent wrestling. If you want a unique wrestling interview, AJ ate a rack of ribs the whole interview. Wow. Um, this is the issue with being like actual friends with wrestlers. They get too comfortable. And so they do things like eat a rack of ribs while you're talking to them. So there's a lot of, ah, that's my man. Um, but yeah, outside of that, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, just Seahawk, C-E-E-H-A-W-K. If you want to see somebody make a wrestling fan angry, simply for stating what it is they're seeing, um, you can see a lot of that. <laughs> Shout out to Wrestling Otaku too, man. Oh, man. Um, listen, forget about my stuff. Uh, if you want to be entertained <laughs> weekly, go to YouTube and subscribe to the Wrestling Otaku's page. It's O-T-A-K-U. Um, I have a bad habit of enjoying things that might not actually be informative or detailed or even true, but are entertaining. There is nothing entertaining like a 30-something-year-old man doing his YouTube show out of his grandparents' house stating how much he dislikes women in WWE. Um, please, please like, subscribe, recommend to your friends. Well, that well, listen, I watched a couple of his videos, namely the ones where he disses you because I had to see what the beef was about. This guy, oh God, this guy is unhinged. All right, I'm. And he called all my followers coons. It was amazing. I was like, this is great. I'm afraid for you. He he's going like I, I'm very afraid for you. But I like I don't worry because like I I know that you you know you work out every day. You're you're very strong. I keep that thing on me is what I do. You better leave me alone. <laughs> Texas. Oh my God. But thank you, Cam, for being on the show. As always, you can follow us at the A Show RNC on Twitter. Follow me at OG Johnny5, Meals at Meals TV. Uh, of course, we have shows such as uh, you know, the War Report. Me and Cyrus, we are starting to uh begin the the rumblings of our new Japan show. That will be coming out very, very soon. We'll give you more details on that. But of course, as always. Please wash your hands, wear a damn mask. Until next week, thank you for listening to the A Show. We'll see you next week. Let me see something. Uh-huh. Back, baby. Talk to me next. Look, perk, dirty, perk, dreaming. Mm. More cloud nine. Know that I'm dreaming. Know that I'm dreaming. Four, 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 four.